Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And Rachel, I love you so much. And can I just say, I am thrilled that you just celebrated a birthday not long ago and that we get to have you around even longer because I believe that you were planted in my life on purpose. Hmm. I think that <laughs> is true. But you know what? I have to let you know. I've decided that I did not recently celebrate a birthday. What? My my birthday. <laughs> well, right now we're in a time of um, pandemic craziness. So all of my travel plans were canceled. Um, my daughter... Uh, she got a terrible migraine on my birthday, went to bed early, completely forgot it was my birthday. I did not hear from her. Um, Rick went to pick up dinner so I wouldn't have to cook. And he asked me where I wanted dinner from. And I told him the restaurant and um, they were closed. They went out of business. Then he asked for my second favorite. They were closed. They went out of business. He asked for my third favorite. They were closed. They went out of business. He asked for my fourth favorite, and they weren't open on Mondays. And that was the, that was the day. At that point, we just got subs from a sandwich shop, and <laughs> oh, so no. I uh -huh, so I decided that this birthday does not count. I'm just it, I'm not counting it. I which the bonus is is now I'm a year younger. You you know, I'm, I've, I've gained a year. I'm a year younger, and I will celebrate next year because this year was crazy. Dog gone it. You know, some of my friends say that they celebrate their birthday month. So they take mm. the entire month and celebrate. So I guess you could do that. Although, you know, maybe just forgetting a birthday <laughs> is not a bad idea. I've canceled oh. it. <laughs> but well, I do think that you and I, uh, I think that we came into each other's lives in, uh, in, a, in a divine appointment kind of way. I will agree with that. Well, I definitely believe that because isn't it so fun to see how every single person in our life, if we look back, we can look and see, wow, I did not know that I would end up being so close to them. Or I did mm -hmm. not know, I thought that one was going to be a keeper, and now I haven't heard from them in 10 years, you know. And, and it's mm -hmm. funny mm -hmm. when we look at our life and go, hmm. I didn't realize that was happening, but you know, God did. And that's what I want to talk about today, that we will never understand all of the ramifications of where we're planted and why we're planted and the circumstances that happen all around us. We're never going to understand it all, but I believe that if we kind of step back and we take a look at some instructions we may get a better grasp of our life and i know you and i 
we kind of like to just jump in and not really <laughs> think about the instructions at times. Am I right? We'll figure it out. Everything's figure outable. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I'm afraid that's what we all do from time to time. We just kind of swim around in it for a while, and we don't really go looking for the instruction manual. But here's what I've discovered, that there are instructions to, like, the things that I've planted in my garden. Now, I know more now than I did 10 years ago, but I've learned a lot of it the hard way. And that seems to be the way that my brain operates. A lot of times I'm just like, oh, let's just do it. And then I go <laughs> back and figure it out. Well, over the years, I've learned what to plant next to each other and what not to. And what kind of soil to put things in. And what needs clay soil, what needs sandy soil, what needs a little bit of rock in it. You know, all those different nutrients and I've learned it the hard way, but there are instruction manuals that would save me a whole lot of grief and, uh, and time and effort and energy if I would take a look at the manual first. Hmm. Yes. When it comes with directions, that generally means you should read them. <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of things don't come right with the directions. Like, you know, at the plant place, you might, on the tag, it might give you a little bit of information, you know, needs half day of sun or something like that. But you're right. There's a lot of little micro elements that go into it. You know, how south facing sun or, you know, our sun in this time zone versus that time zone and how much iron and all of that stuff that goes into it that you don't necessarily know when you buy a plant and stick it in the ground. My neighbors are finding that out. They bought a bunch of plants this spring and they stuck them in the ground. Um, and they've got some tropical plants there that won't grow in our region. They've got, I mean, it's just, uh, it's trial and error. But most of us have been through that trial and error because we didn't take the time to figure out what we were doing before we did it. Absolutely. And, you know, when, we, when we're in this this uh, time of life right now, the circumstances that surround us, whatever your circumstances are, uh, it's a little bit rough and rocky right now. And we could look and go, oh, man, I did not see this coming. And we could get discouraged about it or we could learn that, you know, every single thing is intentional and can be used for the good. We can find positives about everything if we choose to. And so I want to talk about how we are intentionally planted right where we are right now for such a time as this. Just like those plants that we've put in our garden, there are some good things that can come from them. And there's some maybe wormy, nasty, buggy things that can come from that. <laughs> but both ways we learn, right? We learn what to do and what not to do. And maybe we even find like, I had an epiphany this year that we had no idea was gonna happen. So we, we lived next door to the house that we're in now years ago, and the neighbor that was over there decided to dig up some of these 
uh, irises, yellow irises that we had planted years ago, and they never really did flourish. They never really did much. But my husband loves yellow irises. And so he said when they were going to dig them up, he's like, I'll take them, I'll take them. So he had six, six bulbs that he brought over and he he planted three in front of our bay window in in front of the library side of our house and three in front of the bay window in front of our dining room side of the house and we just thought you know if they come up great if they don't that's all right too rachel they took over i mean i i would guess that we had at least a thousand oh, wow. irises, yes, from oh, those wow. six. <laughs> wow. And they just, they took over the entire front of our house in such a way they were gorgeous and they bloomed and they were happy. And we were like, oh, that's great, kinda. Because, <laughs> because now they're like multiplying on top of multiplying and they're, coming up halfway up the window so you can't really see out and and then if you have to get back to get the hose then you kind of get in the middle of all that craziness and we were like what in the world was different about where we planted them here than where we planted them over there well it was on the front side of the house or um the west side of the house that we planted them. And when we were next door, we planted them on the east side of the house. But more importantly mm. than that, when we started trying to dig them up because we were gonna divide them out and let other people have some of these. So we tried to dig them and it was like digging into concrete. I am not even kidding you. It was so hard that it, it just, you could not get the shovel down into the ground to get them out. It was so packed tightly together. And so I had to get the tractor with the bucket on front of it. And I looked <laughs> like a bulldoze queen. I went in and I dug down into the dirt as far as I could go. And it took me time after time after time. I dug out probably a dozen tractor bucketfuls of these lilies and what i discovered is that there was rock down in the clay soil and all of these lilies had wrapped around that gray that that rock and clay and they had thrived with the right sun and the right rocky soil they thrived and my husband and i were like who knew that in that circumstance they would go bonkers and i think that's how mm. our life is you know our life can be so rocky and so packed with craziness and we can say i don't know how i'm going to survive this i don't know what good could possibly come from this but as as it all wound together and it was like they were all working together to wrap their roots and stay together all of a sudden we had this massive burst of yellow gorgeous flowers mm. well you know the fact that they were so intertwined reminds me of a 
I think it must have been a podcast I heard one time, and it was um, based on a the research of of a guy who wrote a book called The Hidden Life of Trees. And I just found this this podcast I was listening to so fascinating because it taught me that trees communicate with one another underground. They communicate with their roots, like if there is a sick tree in a grove of trees or in a backyard of trees every other tree in that yard will know that that one is sick sometimes they can even send nutrients over to it um, underground and particularly if the tree is in the same I guess tree family uh, genre um, it was just so interesting to, to hear about trees being kind of like these social beings almost um, anyway they share food with their own species sometimes they'll even nourish their competitors and that's because uh, a tree needs each other it can't establish its own climate but a group of trees can it can't necessarily stand up in a storm by itself but a group of trees can because they're like holding hands underground with their roots it was just so fascinating to uh to hear trees described like a community of people uh based on research and not just metaphor which was so fascinating because throughout the bible there's all these um, gardening metaphors, you know, right? And in, in the Bible, I always found the verse so interesting where it said that, you know, if people did not praise God, even, you know, the rocks and the trees would cry out in praise, which was just so fascinating to go, hmm, maybe they do speak in a way that they hear one another and that God can hear, though we can't. I love that. Uh, so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, you can find in John chapter 15 where uh, Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches and, and over in Matthew 13 about planting in rocky soil and and all of those things that the Bible talks about really are talking about how we live our lives like these plants, like you're saying, the tree when it comes together and we work together and we see someone in need and we feed them, we give them the nutrients that they're looking for. And when we start understanding how all of it is intertwined and, and the fascinating thing to me too, Rachel, is that what I've learned is not everyone needs the same thing. Like some of my plants absolutely thrive in a sandy soil. And so we will add sand. And others, like the irises, thrive in a rocky soil. And so we have a tendency sometimes as people to feel like, why are they doing that? Why? And we start judging and looking at someone else and saying, well, you know, if they would only do it this Mm -hmm. way then we would be uh they would be happier they would they would have everything that i've got over here in my little corner of the garden but not all plants require the same conditions and some of them need to be on a slope so they can have good drainage while other plants just absolutely cannot stand being on a slope so it's all those different things that you learn 
how we're alike and how we're different from the very plants that God created. Yes, I think I'm the sandy soil type who, and I like my feet in water. So just plant me at the beach. <laughs> I thought of you, honestly, you know, like sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes love some sand. You know, that <laughs> lilies love some sand. And I think of you because, yeah, there are so many different types of people that require different things in their life to grow and thrive. And that's what mm. God's called us to do, right? He says, I want you to figure it out what I'm calling you to do and how you can thrive. Don't look at your neighbor who's stuck on the mountainside on the slope. That's where I've called them to be. But I've called you, Rachel Olson, to be on the beach in Wilmington <laughs> doing what only you can do. And I love that. God is such a God of variety. And he says, whether you're in rocky soil or you're in sandy soil or you have a lot of water or you're being drained, there are good things that can come when you read the instruction manual and you find out what works for you. What is God calling you to be? Where does he want you to face? What direction is he asking you to go? And when you figure that out and you trust him, then you don't grow weary along the way. You kind of get excited about every day waking up and going, ooh, I'm not afraid of the circumstances that are surrounding me because I'm going to take my roots and wrap them around the stable foundation that I've got that God has given me. Mm, I like that. Mm hmm you know, I have a, I have the opposite problem of you and your irises that are, you know, multiplying and blooming like crazy. I have a hydrangea bush that I got this spring, and it was one of the biggest ones in the nursery. It had, it just looked so big and so healthy in the pot, and um, I brought it home and. We didn't plant it right away. I can't remember what kept us busy, but I probably planted it probably two or three weeks later than I intended to. But I got it in the ground and it still doesn't have any blooms on it. It's a hydrangea. They usually put blooms on in around June. Right. Um, we're well past that point in time. And um, it doesn't have any blooms nor any signs of blooms. And so I keep looking at it. And um, I think it makes me think of uh, in Mark chapter 11, when uh, Jesus walks past a fig tree. This, when I was young and I would read this passage, it would perplex me. But Jesus walks past this fig tree and he stops and the fig tree was all leafed out and looking healthy in fact it was leafed out earlier than usual um, earlier than most which means it was a good candidate to have lots of fruit um, it looked like it was going to be a super productive fig tree um, but when he walked over closer and he inspected it he couldn't find a single bud or a single piece of fruit on it um, and so Jesus cursed it. <laughs> he cursed it and it shriveled up and died because he cursed it. And I just was so perplexed by that um, as I read it as a young girl. But now I sort of understand this fig tree was not doing what it was intended to do. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was. Mm -hmm. 
it looked productive, it seemed healthy, but ultimately it wasn't bearing any fruit, which is why, you know, Jesus basically cursed it. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I wonder if we don't uh, look productive or um, seem healthy because we're uh, just sort of doing... Uh, we look good on paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> right? You know, we're, we're filling out the resume and we look good on paper. But if you come a little close, you'll see we don't really have any figs over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. we're busy and we're putting out lots of leaves. But uh, no, no blooms, no, no fruit. So um, anyway, I think that's uh, interesting. He didn't, uh, he he just cursed it because um, while it looked good on the outside, it ultimately wasn't fulfilling its purpose. I love that because there, there's a whole uh, series that we could do on that metaphor right there with the fig tree. And maybe we'll do a show on that because there's so much rich, history about the fig tree but that's exactly right i mean whether it's a a grapevine or tomato bush or hydrangea a lot of times they aren't getting the right nutrients or maybe they haven't been pruned you know you have a lot of flowers that if you don't deadhead them you don't cut off the Mm -hmm. old stuff they'll never produce new and and or you've just totally neglected it. Now, we did that with a tomato bush, a tomato uh, vine. We were busy. We were out of town. And all of a sudden, when we came back, the the one branch had gotten so big and so heavy that it broke. And it ended up on the ground with a whole bunch of little premature tomatoes that were never going to fully develop because now... It's broken away from the source. And so whether you're uh, something that is just leafing out like crazy and you're not really producing the good fruit, you're producing leaves instead, or you're not allowing yourself to be pruned by God by getting into the instruction book and therefore you you go out on your own branch, get too heavy under the weight of trying to handle it on your own and break off. We are a lot like the plants that are in our garden. But we have been planted intentionally right where we are. And that's something that we need to wrap our brains around because sometimes we we long for the things that we don't have. And I'm guilty. I am so guilty. Sometimes I want so much to be closer to my grandkids, like in proximity. I don't want to be nine hours away from them. But then I look around and I see all of the all of the kids and grandkids that are not my biological kids, like you, Rachel, like our producer, Jay, that are my kids that God has given me right here in my own sphere. And so there are a lot of times that we don't understand why we are, where we are, but God says, oh, I have intentionally put you right here on the slope so that you'll lean in like a solar panel for my light and you'll find all the nutrients you need from all of the surrounding roots that I've planted by you. And I want you to understand that it is not by accident that you are right where you are. 
So that's where we get the phrase, bloom where you're planted, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so God chose you to be right where you are. And even when you feel like you're on the edge and you may be falling off the side of that slope, he says, hold on. I have a purpose and a plan for you that isn't for anybody else, but I have created you to live life with all these things that are surrounding you and you're going to thrive. Hey, I pray that you believe that this week. And I'd love for you to go look at the instruction manual and read Matthew 13 and John 15 this week. That's your homework assignment. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.